Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. You believe in miracles? Yes! I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Gypsy. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Top of the morning. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions listening around the world, obviously, live from Hollywood, California. I'm Alistair Conrath, and this is Tough Love, and that is what you will get. Uh, Mark Dino, top of the morning. Uh, Those of you, like I say, on Blog Talk, good morning. Um, Okay, so as usual, this, what a weekend. All right, what a weekend. For real, yesterday... The start of the college football playoff, um, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame. Last night, UFC 232, Amanda Nunez. Holy shit. Chris Cyborg hadn't lost, by the way, for, I think he was, I don't know, since 05? I think he was close to 15 years or something. I think 25 straight fights she hadn't lost. And Amanda Nunez went in last night, and she was a, a, a plus 1,600 underdog. And this is a girl who's a champ, but that is how dominant, obviously, Cyborg had been. And Nunez crushed her. Like Holly Holm to Ronda Rousey crushed her. 51 seconds crushed her. And, I mean, it was, it was insane. It, it made John Jones... And Alexander Gustafson's light heavyweight championship match looked boring. Um, I mean, it was just incredible. It was, I'm not going to say like Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson, but the reaction was almost (laughs) that. Unbelievable. Um, So congrats to Amanda Nunez. I mean, she is, she's a cool chick. Uh, At least it seems so. And then, like I mentioned, John Jones um, won, and so I'll touch on that. Uh, and his hopeful third match with Daniel Cormier. Um, NFL Week 17, so much on the line. Uh, I see Dino with the Houdet Nation. Um, you know, I mean, you know, you guys got it locked up. You aren't doing anything. I'm excited to actually watch Teddy Bridgewater today. Uh, that should be interesting. As a Vikings fan, obviously it is uh, – I mean, it's not a, a must win because he, if we lose and Philadelphia loses at Washington, which could happen, Washington's been playing nice lately. Um, at, you know, I mean, it would just behoove the Vikings to win. 
And I do believe they're going to. They're good at home. Chicago's all right on the road. You know, and if obviously that happens and they win, they go to Chicago more than likely next week. Um, and that would be interesting. So, um, you know, and then it, what, what I want to touch on first, Notre Dame. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I'm reading something right here. Notre Dame got crushed yesterday. And before the game happened against Clemson, I was watching, you know, one of the, the lead-up shows. And I think it was Jesse Palmer on ESPN um, talking about how Notre Dame – and it, it sounded right, you know, to be an 11-point underdog when you're undefeated and third in the country – to be a 11-point underdog, I get it. It's disrespectful, all that same ho-hum rhetoric. And then the game game started. You know, and Notre Dame shoots itself in the foot, penalties, fumbles, drop passes. You can't have that stuff against a team like Clemson. And you could just tell Clemson's overall athleticism was just better. Plus, their defense, especially their defensive line, which everybody knows. They've got three first-round draft picks on the D-line. And then this kid who filled in for Dexter Lawrence, who got booted because of supposed steroid use, fills in and does a really good job. I mean, they are so good on the defensive line. They made Notre Dame's offensive line, which was coming into the game one of the top, you know, looked highly upon. They made Notre Dame's offense, their offensive line, look horrible. Um, And, you know, I echoed after the game, and thank God, thank God, by the way, Clemson didn't just pour it on because the over-under for that game yesterday was 58. And I took the under. But after Clemson scored those two touchdowns late in the first half to make it 23-3, I got nervous. And I didn't I, – I was so mad that Notre Dame sucked so bad. Tom, what's up? That I turned I, – I left. I took my dog, and we went for a walk. I didn't even, like, pay attention to it. I, I came back from the walk. I, I, you know, hour or so came back, turned on – like ID TV and watch like people getting murdered instead of like watching the end of the Notre Dame Clemson, because I was just, I, I thought I was going to lose the under because Notre Dame sucked so bad. Um, I mean, they, they were just out, out manned. That's all it was. It, but here's the problem. <clears throat> Notre Dame doesn't play in a conference. <clears throat> Everybody else in the Power Five for the majority does, except, I think, Army and Navy. You know, and I mean, that doesn't matter because they're not playing for anything. Notre Dame plays in the ACC conference in every other sport. But because of their TV contract with NBC, they are an independent when it comes to college football. And that needs to end. Because if they played in the ACC they would have had to play Clemson this year. And, I, I mean, not saying ACC was exceptional, but, you, you know, because Florida State down year, obviously. Virginia, not bad. North NC State wasn't bad. But, I mean, 
you didn't have, I mean, granted, they played and beat Wake Forest, but you, you don't have, you know, the cupcakes that Notre Dame does. And granted, they play USC, they do play Michigan, and so forth. It's just, I don't feel as though Notre Dame belongs in the playoff, especially after seeing last night. But put them in the ACC. If they go undefeated in the ACC, like Clemson, well, then, hey, good. Okay, then you do deserve a spot. But if you're independent and you're just rolling through, I just don't agree that Notre Dame should be a, a part of it until they're back in the ACC. There's somebody who, is, who on Twitter said Notre Dame can't get in again until they get a conference just like all the other big boys. Exactly what I just said yesterday. And they, obviously you have a bunch of Notre Dame people freaking out and, oh, you know, boo-hoo. Notre Dame doesn't belong in the playoff unless until until they get into the ACC with football. They're in it for basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, everything except football, and it's bullshit. And so they need to be in the ACC. Otherwise, Notre Dame, tough shit. You prove over and over and over that when the big game happens, you lose. This is 0-6 now in your last six BCS slash college football playoff games or New Year's Day games. 0-6. And And why why is that? Because they don't play, you know, a good enough schedule. They don't play a gauntlet like everybody else does. And then they get to the big dance and they get shithoused. So I just said it's frustrating. And before the selection show, selection Sunday, for the college football playoff, I was the big proponent of saying Georgia should be in especially over Oklahoma. And I, in my opinion, I thought Notre Dame too. Don't think for a second, Georgia wouldn't have given Alabama or Clemson a better game yesterday. 100%. And this is Kirk Herbstreit's argument when the, the picks were being made. It's supposed to be the four best teams. Just because you are undefeated does not mean that you're automatically just in it talk to central florida ucf is undefeated but because they are not a power five they don't have to they're not in the playoff notre dame is in a power five but they're they're not because they're not part of the acc they're not in anything they're an independent so georgia would have for sure think about it georgia almost beat alabama should have beat Alabama the last three times they played. And they would have for sure given Clemson a much more difficult time. Just like they would have given Alabama a more difficult time than Oklahoma did yesterday. I mean, Oklahoma really showed yesterday that it was a one-trick pony, right? Kyler Murray is fantastic, but it's, it's all Kyler Murray. When you are playing... The Iowa State, and nothing against Iowa State or Oklahoma State. They're both bowl teams, you know, but uh, the other teams of the, of the Big 12 or whatever the hell it's called now, you're not, they're not Alabama. And granted, not many teams are Alabama. But a one-trick pony like Kyler Murray can get, and, and Oklahoma can get away with ma- making themselves look great. And that's, uh, that's basically what it is. Excuse me. And so it's frustrating to sit and watch teams that shouldn't be there over a Georgia 
who, granted, has two losses, but sorry, Alabama, <laughs> excuse me, it's just, you know, of course you're going to, well, not, of course, they almost had Alabama, but, you know, I mean, it's just unfortunate. The college football playoff, it's not even about expansion as much as it is just pick the right teams. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and then, ah, whatever. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't care. Throw Notre Dame in as a, a wasted pick or Oklahoma, you know, but it's just you had to have Georgia in there. Just like I said before the picks were made, Georgia and Kirk Herbstreit said it, Georgia belonged in that discussion, 100%. It's not their fault that they had to play Alabama in the, in the SEC championship. Who did Oklahoma have to play in theirs? You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I mean, somebody terrible. And uh, that's just the way it goes. So that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, UFC last night. Again, Amanda Nunez, I, I chat about that. If you didn't see that, shockingly awesome. It was. Her, her beatdown of Chris Cyborg, who hadn't lost in 25 fights for 15 years and was the boogeyman. To everybody, you know, that's a, it was just incredible to see. Uh, and then John Jones, Alexander Gustafson, uh, a rematch from five years ago, which a lot of people thought Gustafson beat Jones. Uh, and uh, but Jones won that five years later. They the rematch last night, <laughs> you know, John Jones, he didn't even look that great just like the second fight against Daniel Cormier he didn't look that great but all of a sudden he gets a kick to the side of the head and it's over on Daniel Cormier and then last night you know he gets in the third round he finally gets Gustafson to the ground I would say it was 1-1 going into the third you know one round apiece he gets Gustafson down finally because he hadn't the whole time gets Gustafson to the ground and then just you know, eventually positions himself to where he just starts throwing these side head punches <laughs> that looked like they hurt. And the ref said, no mas. And that was it. That was it. Um, you know, and Gustafson's amazing. It's just John Jones is that good. John Jones is that good. And so here's the kicker. After the fight, Joe Rogan's in the ring. He's interviewing him. John Jones, that is. And you know, John Jones, without even asking, he says, oh, maybe he was asked, like, what would you like next? And John Jones says, I hear there's somebody out there talking about, you know, they're the champ champ. And, uh, you know, he basically just said, you know, D.C., Daniel Cormier, if you want, you know, if you want another shot, come and get it. Now, here's the thing. Daniel Cormier, when he when John Jones said that, Daniel Cormier on Twitter said, I mean, shit, he should win. Dude starts with a head start every time, quote unquote. And it's, I, here's the thing, as a fan, I would love to see Daniel Cormier and John Jones for a third time. As a fan. From Daniel Cormier's side of it, he has fought John Jones twice. Lost twice to John Jones. The first time was uh, close. The second one was a kick to the head. Both times, unfortunately, John Jones has come up hot on tests after the fact. So therefore, I get 
Daniel Cormier's position. 100% I get his position. And if he did not want to fight John Jones again, I would 100% understand. 100% because after seeing his reaction when uh, Dana White told him after the second time losing to John Jones and, and, and being crushed like he was so confident going into that fight and when he got kicked upside the head and and lost that fight you could see I mean he was distraught and then to find out that Jones cheated only made it worse and he was so mad and so therefore again I get it if he does not want to give John Jones another shot I understand but as a fan Please, please make a third fight. I want, as does everybody, want to see a third fight. I want to see if, you know, if both are clean. You know, and that's the thing. And that is why Daniel Cormier says, fuck you. I've, I've given you two times. You beat me twice, but you've been tainted. And now, you know, you, know, you, you say, come and get me. But how do I know you're going to be clean? So forth. So here's my thing. Daniel Cormier is the champ. Was a, gave it up at light heavyweight so that Gustafson and John Jones could fight for it last night. But he's the heavyweight champ. So why not have John Jones say, "All right, you come up to heavyweight and take my belt from heavyweight." I don't know if John Jones will do that. I think he said last night that he wasn't interested in doing that. He said, "If uh, you know what guy just gives up." his belt because somebody else is here and he's, and he's like, daddy's home DC. <laughs> oh, he's just talking shit. And as you know, and that's just it. It's like, as a man, if DC is, you know, he's a man, I'm not saying he's not, but if somebody's calling you out like that and literally saying daddy's home, DC prove to the fans that you're a champ champ. I mean, that's why he said, you know, dude starts with a head start every time, but whoo, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm a selfish fan. I want to see a third fight between them. Now, I do believe John Jones, just like Roy Jones did, just like Amanda Nunez did in the fight before Jones and Gustafson last night, just like Mikey Garcia is doing next month or this month, whatever it is against Errol Spence, moving up in weight to get the champ, to fight for it. John Jones should go up to heavyweight and make that fight. Daniel Cormier has already come to him twice. They fought at light heavyweight twice. DC is the heavyweight champ. I believe if John Jones wants it bad enough to prove to everybody that he is, he is the guy, then go up to heavyweight not that big of a jump and i think that would be the way the way it should be i i do i think that's the way it should be i just again i'm selfish i want to see a third fight i think that would that would be great the first two were fun uh and so hopefully that that happens again all right 10 minutes left on tough love <clears throat> jason top of the morning dave marty thank you for all of you joining in uh and again those of you on blog talk radio thank you all uh, right okay so week 17 of the NFL. And uh, I mean, it is a, it is a slate uh, that we got today. I like the fact I do admit, 
You know, and I know I don't know why. I don't know why there would be people who were upset about the rescheduling. Uh, I mean, unless you had plans. If you know, like, oh, week seventeen, the game's at noon Central Time, and we're gonna go and tailgate and blah blah blah, and that's what we're gonna do. You know, and so all of a sudden, come week seventeen, and you're expecting to go see the Vikings. You know, home against Chicago at noon, and they push it to three thirty. You know, I mean, I guess I could see how you get butthurt about something like that, but you know what? Tough shit. It's this is it's awesome. All the all the noon games central time 10 my time all those games are meaningless they're nothing which is good why is that a bad thing and then the late games all of them have some meaning some meaning whatsoever and it starts you know with the the niners at the rams uh which is bullshit and that's the only downside about being in la right now is that you know the vikings in chicago are on basically the rest of the country but because they pushed the goddamn rams game to late i gotta see the rams so i have to go to the bar uh but either way you know i mean cincy and pittsburgh has meaning pittsburgh has to win that game they have to win they lose their route they have to win and baltimore who is home against cleveland has to win if, if Pittsburgh wins, if Pittsburgh loses to Cincy, it doesn't matter. If they lose to Cincy, they don't belong in the playoffs. Let's just be frank. Baltimore wins over Cleveland, they're automatically in. They lose and Pittsburgh wins, Pittsburgh's in. Cleveland is no joke right now. By the way, 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one Cleveland. Baker Mayfield's legit. I, that team is going to be amped. It'll be fun to see how they do against Lamar Jackson, who will fail miserably next year. But right now, let's just see him ride it out. That's going to be a fun game. Can Cleveland score on Baltimore's defense in Baltimore? That's obviously the biggest question. Baltimore is looking really, really solid lately. Um, And so Baltimore wins their in. Arizona at Seattle. I mean, I think I could play quarterback for Seattle today and probably win. I would attempt maybe 14, 15 passes hand it off, they're going to win that game, could be a shutout. With that said, that will secure them, lock them into the five seed, Uh, and that's fine. Uh, Because the Vikings and the Bears, which I know, know you Minnesota kids want to hear about, you know, here's the deal. I obviously want the Vikings to win, and I truly believe that they will win. I'm going to check the standings real quick because I want to get this right, but I'm pretty sure on this. So the Bears are 4-3 and three on the road. Not bad. Obviously, not bad. Anytime you're over 500 on the road, you're doing things right. Minnesota's 5-2 and two at home. Uh, I just believe today there's so much on the line that the Vikings will win. Now, keep in mind, this is the – This is the litmus test for Kevin Stefanski, the guy who took over for John DeFilippo as offensive coordinator, interim as we speak, but the last two games he's had cakewalks, if you will. Miami and that other team. I think it was Detroit. So now, now, this is your prove-it-all moment. This is it. You win, you're in, right? You don't want to have to depend on Washington 
beating Philadelphia today, which, by the way, in Washington could could happen. Washington's been playing tough the last two weeks. You don't want to depend on that, though. In Minnesota, if if you have turned the corner defensively, they have been playing lights out for a while. They truly have been playing really, really well. Xavier Eric Kendricks is out. That's unfortunate. That's not good. I want to say Xavier Rhodes will play. Um, I'm hoping that he's going to be at least close to 100% uh, because uh, that will help a lot. Uh, Allen Robinson is out for the Bears, so they're down their number one anyway. But even so, this is your opportunity. After the first meeting against the Bears in Chicago, where the Vikings lost, I think it was 26-21, you know, I was hot. I was so hot um, only because, I, you know, the game plan, I just disagreed with wholeheartedly. The Bears defense, if you let them pin their ears back and rush the passer every time, of course your offensive line is going to get killed. Kirk Cousins is not going to have a lot of time in the pocket. The Vikings ran, I want to say maybe 12 times or 13 times that game. Something very, very low for a low, you know, average and so forth. And so the the argument was, well, we had to get away from the run. Not one time in that game, not one time in that game did they run directly at Khalil Mack. I'm not talking to his side. I'm not talking, a, you know, a toss or a sweep or a counter. I'm talking to him. Mom's calling. I'm talking directly at him, to him. And that is what the Vikings have to do today. You have to be able to keep a defense like Chicago, of all defenses, one who is so good at getting after the quarterback, you have to keep them honest. You have to be able to run the football. The last two weeks, the Vikings have run the football and run it exceptionally well. So, therefore, that is what needs to take place today. The Vikings have to be able to keep the defense honest. If you don't do that, you're going to see an exact repeat of what Chicago did in Chicago their first meeting. That's it. This game, like I say every effing week, isn't that difficult. It's not that tough. Run the football and keep at it. Don't let the Bears defense, Khalil Mack and everybody, just pin their ears back and come at you. That's not smart. Play action pass off of that run. Get the one-on-one matchups on the outside with Diggs and Thielen, but make it off of the play action because you're committing to the run. That's it. And make it work. This is a huge, obviously it's winning in. It's a huge game for the Vikings, but this is a major, major statement game for Kevin Stefanski. If he wants to be able to keep his job as OC, if, they, if he truly wants that, which I so far so good, right? Two two games, he's run the ball really well against two shitty teams. So now Chicago Bears are coming and they do have something to play for. If the Rams by chance lose to the 49ers who by the way, 49ers aren't just a cakewalk anymore. I mean, they've been playing better. And the Rams are without Todd Gurley. So stranger things have happened. It's not as though the Rams have just been lighting it up like the first half of the season. Stranger things can happen. So the Bears are going to be playing today because if they beat Minnesota, in Minnesota, they get the second seed if the Rams lose. 
So this is a big game for the Bears. Don't make no mistake, but the Vikings have to have this. They have to have this. Again, this isn't about relying on Washington beating Philadelphia because Philadelphia right now, I, I hate it. They look identical to how they did during their little run last year. Hopefully, it's too little too late because that, that means the Vikings won. Got decent timing today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I just, I just laid it out. I, it's exactly what the Vikings need to do. And if they do that, they should win. The defense, we'll see. I, I mean, I don't I, – it just kills me to think that Mitchell Trubisky and that offense can, can do a lot against the Vikings. I truly believe if the Vikings score over 20 points, 20 points, They'll win the game. I don't expect high-scoring game, obviously. I don't know what the over-under is on the game. Um, but I, I truly believe that if the Vikings score over 20 or even 20, they should win the game. And I'm talking you know, 2017, something like that. Um, over-under is 40, 40 and a half. So it kind of makes sense. I'm not touching that. I am not touching that. I'll stick with my, my money from last night. Uh, but... <clears throat> Enjoy your Sunday fun day, right? It's a huge, huge day of football. Um, and the game tonight, by the way, Marcus Mariota, probably not starting for the Titans against the Colts. Huge, huge. I don't even know if it would make a difference if he did, but that's huge for uh, the Colts. So anyway, have a great Sunday fun day. I'm Alistair. This is Tough Love. Drive fast, take chances. We're out.